Welcome to the Play Create Podcast. I am Kirsten. And I am Jill. <laughs> and I am so excited. Today, you guys aren't going to, this isn't going to be released today, but today is Veterans Day. Mm-hmm. Today is Mercury transiting, or like you can visibly see Mercury going over the sun today. Yeah. It's 11-11. Yeah. What else? It feels and like it's there's... the eve before the full moon. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So lots of exciting stuff today. Yes. And what I'm most excited about is you are going to talk to us about your... My own little theory. Yes. <laughs> I have so many of those. <laughs> I love that you want to hear my theory. I do. I'm so <laughs> excited because I haven't heard this one yet. Oh, you haven't? No. Oh, okay. Well, you know, I, I was doing some work with mind and consciousness and we were just always talking about what's right in front of us and how how our minds can also be harbor so many things that aren't helpful there's creative ways that we can use our mind that really fuel us but then when we get an ego or when we get too lost in future and past um you know the future and past don't exist unless we create it mm-hmm. and which is hard to think it's one of those like trippy whoa Kind of say that again ideas. because so it is the future and the past don't exist outside of our minds because we are creating that script and it can get pretty weird. I mean, we can get really down the rabbit hole of like reality and what's created, but today to keep it simple, we're going to talk about that idea of what pollutes the mind to go in those places. So when I was doing a lot of this work, I started to see, and I always make little you know, we both do this. We love to make little creations and <laughs> we draw and we're coming up with cute little sayings and quotes that help us to catapult into different ways of awareness. Mm-hmm. But one of them I noticed was, I called it my EPA. So I was thinking about environmental pollutants and all these agents that pollute our environment. And all of a sudden I started to think about what pollutes our minds. And Using the E and the P and the A, I came up with these elements that fit that. So the P is perceptions and what we perceive. Mm-hmm. The A is assumptions and what we assume. And the E is our expectations and what we're expecting. Wow. So what I've learned from this and, you know, take it or leave it, like we always say in this, we are active participants in this world. We have some like expertise and things, but we're definitely not, we always like to say we're not experts, but we, we love to play in fields and we have expertise in certain things. But this one I've really played into a lot and I can catch myself. So let's start with expectations. We we create expectations all the time, whether it be, you know, as a parent, you might expect something from your child. Um, I might expect something in my relationship. Uh, I might expect something to happen and it doesn't. A really great example is you're about to go to an event. You're very excited and you've created in your mind the script of what's going to happen and you show up and it does not go like that at all. And 
There's, I'm already having that with our trip this week. Yes, it has to be going somewhere warm, and it's going to be all yep. of a sudden. Today, I find out it's actually going to be cold, and it's getting all of a sudden. I'm realizing all the expectations I already had on this trip. Yes, and yeah, keep going. well, and what you hope it will be. Yeah. No, no, you. That's the play of it. Is like you have all these hopes of what it will be like. Yeah, and then when it doesn't meet our expectations, we fall flat. Yeah. and. I love this story. I can't remember, and I'll try to find the author, um, but I was listening to her a long, long time ago on actually a tape, (laughs) and she was writing about expectations in a garden, and this little boy, and she just didn't know what to write about, and this little boy ran in front of her and picked a rose from a garden and ran up to his mom and gave it to her and said, Mom, you are as beautiful as this rose, and she was like, and her mom leaned down and said, that is so sweet, honey. Why don't you ever tell me that you love me? And I had this, she talked about, oh, well, that's an expectation. We expect to hear, I love you, versus seeing that this is so much love in this moment. And what we might be, so Matt, for example, he, um, when we were first dating, I would joke like, oh, he's not the flowers guy. But I remember one day I came home and he was gone for multiple days on the road and he had left the amount of days that he was gone in floss (laughs) on my (laughs) vein. And I know that's like a silly thing, but if I expected flowers, I would have missed that. I would have seen it as something else. Yes. Where I was like, oh my gosh, this guy, like, this is his way of love. I know it sounds silly, but there's that way of seeing it. And so expectations is a big one, which leads into assumptions. So when assumptions are really great. This is a good one. I own a business. I walk into each of my studios weekly and I assume certain things that, I think are just what you do. But until I created what that list was, like I might walk in and see, oh, that's out of place. This is out of place. There's trash on the floor. Stupid stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I have an assumption that that is something that everyone knows to just go to. Mm -hmm. What I realize is that's my own assumption. So I have to be really clear in what I want and not think that it's, them not being intuitive. I think we need right. to be really aware of that word. And maybe we're going to say something. Yeah. No, keep going. Then I'll... Well, because I, I think that intuitive... So we're both empathic. We both have a ton of intuition. And so we might pick up things that people are doing yeah. and just go do it. Yeah. That is not the norm. Yeah. And I'm learning that <laughs> every single day. And so it, I have to get out this idea of like, and this happens in relations like, well, he should just know what I need. She should just know what it is. And that's not the case. They don't know. So assuming that someone knows what you need or that they'll just do it is something I keep running up against because it's not true. So how help help me and help everyone listening understand the difference between an an expectation and assumption. So because some people think of that as an expectation. I yeah. expect you to know what I need. I yeah. expect so and it's probably well I think they're really close. Okay. Um I think expectation is a little more further okay in the future and assumption is when you walk into it. So oh, if that okay. makes sense. So I'll I'll assume something should have been done and I'll walk into it and it's not. And that's a little different than when I'm just projecting so the trip is such a good example. How many times a week we have expectations when we're going on vacation? Yes. And we keep putting all this energy into what it's going to be. Yeah. And then the first thing that de- derails it 
just derails everything. Everything. You know, like right now, Matt is coming back from Chicago. It's a storm there. Yeah. And you can just see it. There was the, I can't remember his name that does um, the happiness. He's studied happiness and he's, I think he's at Harvard and I'll look it up. Yeah. But he talks about an experiment they do is when somebody's in waiting in an airport and if they're just smiling in the corner, how everyone's kind of will start to do that. And yeah. But the minute they start looking at their watch and they've done all these studies, watch and tapping the foot, everyone starts to get anxiety yeah, yeah. and so that's a little and and perceptions are also really close so all of these they're just words but they all have a big impact because how we perceive things so maybe you have an argument and one side perceives it one way yeah and we're perceiving it another way and we're assuming that they got what we said Yes. And they're assuming that they were heard, but until we really make it clear, we're all hearing things through filters, mm -hmm. which is a great example of when we get a text that the way I read it was probably not meant, but it came through my lens. Yeah. So all of a sudden my perception has changed the whole thing. It's like the old days of letters, you know, like a letter might come that was written with so much heart, but the way that we perceive it in that moment. Yeah. And a great way to do this is if you've ever read a book when you were younger, and then you go back to it when you're older, and you're like, what? Wait, wait is this the same book? Yeah. Like, what, what's so different? I remember it being this way. Yeah. So these are just, the whole EPA is just our filters. Yeah. How are we putting these lenses on when we're coming into situations? Yeah, love it. And I thought you said something really interesting at the end last last week is what happens in those EPAs when we're being observed? And oh, you how told we change. How we yeah. change. So I think the observer standpoint, which is really powerful, when we can get in our observer mind and look at things, we get a much better perception of what's going on because yes. we're no longer seeing it through I and me and maybe the victim lens or the rescuer yeah. lens, or the perpetrator lens. That's that other triangle that just overlays perfectly on this one. Yeah. But I loved you. You had a story of when, I can't even remember, you were maybe at the bank I was either. or somewhere, and you were upset about something, and then you turned around. Oh, it was at the pediatrician, wasn't it? Uh, no. Where, where, where? I don't even remember where we were. But yes, I was frustrated by something <laughs> and not oh the doctor I was yeah. at the doctor and I had to fill out a form I feel like I have to fill out every time the yeah. form had changed but nobody knew what had changed or why and it was and I I was tired and I'm not feeling great and it was just kind of this and so I was being very impatient but I didn't even notice how impatient I was being and how now, mind you, it wasn't badly, yeah. but in my mind, it was badly. <laughs> I was behaving until the person who was coming to get me to go visit my doctor, I noticed was standing right there. Mm -hmm. And the minute I saw her, it was like, oh, what does that look like? Yeah. And that's when I became aware of, huh. <laughs> and so, and yeah, and I noticed in my life, just in general, if I, when I first react to something, if I... 
am um, conscious enough in that moment to go into my observer place and just observe how I'm feeling and observe what's happening and observe how I'm interpreting something, I can usually see it from a different place pretty quickly. Yeah. The challenge is getting conscious enough quickly enough yes. to not go immediately into that yeah. reaction. And that, that's the thing. These, I think both of those triangles of, you know, whether it's the drama triangle, which is the perpetrator, victim, rescuer, or if we're looking at expectations, perceptions, and assumptions, it is that reactive place. And so this is about going back into the present because what I've noticed is when I'm in that place of assumptions, I'm, I'm projecting yeah. and I'm not really, I'm in that place of like, well, they should just know. And, oh, and then it puts me into kind of that victim in some kind of way of like, well, why doesn't, why doesn't everyone just get it? Yeah. Why aren't they just doing it, you know, or yeah. whatever. And it's not theirs to do. Like, that's just a different way of how I show up to things versus how someone else shows up. And it's interesting to notice. I think one of the ways you can start exploring this and maybe helping move through it is noticing your triggers. Yes. Because my triggers and what happened at the doctor's office, because I've been working with brands and brand experience for so long, and I know how much of a difference it makes, I get so frustrated when I go into any company, any brand experience, and what my, the promise I believe was delivered and the actual experience don't mesh. Yeah. And the people working for that company don't have any clue what the company is actually doing or asking them to help support people on. And it's not those people's fault. Yeah. But that's one of my triggers. I get really um, frustrated by that because I see the potential and I get so excited. And yet that's the exact thing that's yeah. putting me in this EPA. Yes. Right? Um, and then what, I had my other trigger and I'm not thinking what it was. Oh, like when things aren't, when the kids want to get really angry about something. It's like, I just, peaceful and let's yeah. <laughs> But no, they want to be angry right yeah. now. And it's like... <gasps> Um, I think those are my two triggers. My big well, ones. and you said one of the like I think such a key word is potential. Yes. And like Same. my favorite yes. quote, I love my this. only Dr. Phil <laughs> quote in my repertoire is, "Don't fall in love with potential." Yes. But it's really hard, especially if you're an optimist and yeah. you kind of look at things like, "Oh, of course that will happen." Um, I had to really get clear on, well, what's it's awesome that there's potential there, but I have to go with what's happening right in this moment because those are the only things I have. If I start going into potential, then all of a sudden I'm assuming something, I have an expectation that I don't even know I've created, right. and I'm perceiving not the person in front of me or not the situation in front of me. I'm perceiving a potential that doesn't even exist. Yeah. And this happens so well in like those first relationships where everybody tells you like, oh, that's a bad guy or that's a bad gal or just don't get involved. And you're like, oh, but maybe it'll be different with me. Yeah. And we don't hear it. They might tell us everything. Like, I think it's Oprah that says, you know, people tell you who you are. It's up to you to listen. Yeah. And they'll tell you like, I've had interviews where people are like, oh, 
Well, I, sometimes I'm really late, um, and I don't really like to work with others. I mean, they'll just say it, and I can hear it, or I can be like, oh, okay, well, we can make this all work out. Yeah. You know, like, you, and it's really easy to do, you know? Yeah. What happened to your last relationship? Oh, I I kind of cheated on her, but yeah, it, it wasn't, that just didn't mean to happen. Like, you can hear it, yeah. or you can, like, gloss it over, romanticize it, make it all pretty with a bow, and just move on until yeah. you're, again, in a situation of, like, and coming into the paint mixer, buying that business, it was all about potential. Yeah. And I was I was totally lost in the land of potential and not seeing what was right in front of me. Yeah. And so I think that's a really big indicator is when we say, oh, but I can see where this can go, which is great because you want to be able to think beyond the box, but you also want to look at what's right there and and be okay. Like if it never changed, are you okay with what it is in this moment? Right. I think not just in relationships, I think people in work yeah, and the companies that they're working for, the environments that they're in and how, how so many go into those jobs um, doing that and then stay in mm-hmm. jobs doing that. Um, friendships, I mean, we do that in almost all areas of our lives on some level. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And please know, like, that we do not have this perfected by oh, no. any means. <laughs> I'm I'm doing it every single day, but I think it's good of, we go back to that first time when we first got together and when we gave everybody their first assignment was the just noticing is huge. Like just having the conversation, just noticing when you did that, maybe you have an argument with your loved one and you go, oh my gosh, wait a second. I assumed that you knew then you went that when you left the sink, super full with dishes, it really upset me, or whatever, or I assume that when I walk into my place of work that this will be done. Whatever it is, just noticing it is really powerful. Yeah. You know, and it doesn't feel like a lot, but then it starts to break our habits. Well, and what I love about the notice more, use everything and let go is as soon as you start doing one, the others organically start happening. Yeah. So just that act of noticing um, starts putting you in a position to either do something with it or let go of something related to it because you're noticing it. And when we notice it, our bodies, our everything starts to shift a little bit. Um, when you lose the tension, you lose like this grip. Yeah. Because I think when we're, when we have um, these deep perceptions and assumptions, all these things, it's like forming an opinion. And you can see this in our national landscape right now, Mm -hmm. like this fixated viewpoint. And what this does is when we're questioning our perceptions and our expectations and our assumptions, it loosens the hold and the grip. So we get a little more flexible. We get a little more agile in how we see things. And then we also get out of duality, which is that third dimensional, like, lockdown of like it's either this or that there's this great um exhibit now at outside of the salt palace in salt lake have you seen all the signs no and it says you are here but then all the signs are black and white and they're they're polar opposites Ooh, we'll have we to take a picture and but it's like stressed and calm you know either or happy sad and i think that's kind of when i see that 
um, place and it has a big you are here in the middle and the you are here is like you are between all these you don't have to be in these on the juxtaposition um, so I love that we'll have to get a picture of it and put it on your website yeah is that an event I wonder if that's an event that's happening down there no it's been there I think it's a new public art oh okay mm -hmm. very cool yeah yeah let's go play with that <laughs> um okay so with all these uh emotional environmental pollutants uh, what do you call them again the epa oh expectation perception assumption and they're the they're... emotional polluting agents i didn't get that one down okay emotional polluting agents mm -hmm. just like you just have environment environmental protection agency yeah so we're now looking at what's polluting our inside because we're trying to figure out how we're being, what we're contaminating our perceptions with. So if we think of that protection agency side of this. Yes. And we've talked about a couple of the things. We can notice more. Mm -hmm. We can notice when we're saying, but. Yes. Oh, yeah, but. But. Uh, what else can we do to help us with these emotional polluting Well, agents? it's funny because when you say the buts, um, one of my friends so good at doing and, so she, all the time she'll be like, and it's this and instead of but you know so that kind of gets us out of that either or space yeah just really um i think the other thing is just looking at moments that cause us to really contract we've talked about expansion and contraction but when we feel really hurt yeah um maybe somebody says something or i think social media is a really good way to do this if you're big on social media and something, you just see a post and it just makes your insides do something, whether your heart kind of gets a little tight, your throat constricts, you feel tension in your shoulders, noticing and then what was it that triggered that? You noticing your triggers. Like if I have a lot of work to do and the kids are at home, I know it's going to be a trigger because they're just going to want my attention and then I'm going to feel really pulled between two polarities that I can't be with yeah. or just knowing that I'm walking into a stressful thing and just kind of we've talked about intention just me getting in the moment really re-anchoring in my body and being like okay I'm here I am calm or I am creative whatever it is to walk into that moment so that I'm not walking in reactive all right because this stuff is more a reactive space of being. We're walking in and we have our shackles up or we have, we think it's going to happen. I mean, how many times have you walked into a situation and you're driving there? Maybe it's a confrontation and you're driving and you're rehearsing and rehearsing yes. and rehearsing and you're saying it out loud and you're doing what they say and you do this whole thing and you get there and it's not at all in the 3,000 iterations that you did at all what happens. Yeah. And so we can practice, we can do that, but we can also just say, okay, now I'm just showing up now yeah. to what it is. I've, I've practiced, I've rehearsed, I've done my research, but now I just have to walk in and see what happens. Yeah. I, I just, I, I hadn't even thought of this in the context that you're now bringing to light, which is um, difficult meetings, difficult situations whether it's the person doing construction on your house mm -hmm. or partners who aren't working well together or whatever it might be and just had a conversation last week about this but one of the most powerful things 
um, again, when I'm really on top of it and remembering to do everything I know to do, if I um, fill that with love, which sounds, but positive energy, whatever you want to fill that blank in with, but just something really positive and take those deep breaths and anchor or ground or however people like to think of that before I go onto that call or into that meeting, um, I have not yet had that meeting end up the way it looked like it was going yeah. to. Yeah. yeah, and I think this is a great way when you're saying flip it. So if you have the EPA, the expectations, perception, assumptions, what if you're assuming that they came with, it with their best intentions? Yeah. What if you're expecting that everyone's going to show up in their best self? Yeah. What if you perceive that, hey, they're just doing the best they can in this moment? You know, a lot of times we'll assume that they did it because they were trying to get us. Yes. And I think a lot of times people just did it because they just had no idea that they were even doing it. You yes. know, like a lot of us are just trying to like get through the day, which means that you're not fully conscious. You're just trying to get through it. So in that moment, flip it and be like, well, I'm expecting that everyone's going to just show up to the moment the best that they can. Yeah. And that best might look really different for someone that was up all night. Yeah. Um, someone that's just lost somebody they love. Yeah. Someone that has like everything just firing and they're just ready, you yeah. know. So they're showing up the best they can. Assume that they're doing all that they can do in this moment. We don't know what people are carrying. No. And one of my favorite stories, um, Bill Severns, who's keepers of the Sandlot and has this history in baseball and his whole mission right now is to bring the joy and the play back to especially youth sports and the parenting of kids in youth sports. But one of my favorite stories of his is, uh, I believe it was a coach on the other side. Have I told this story before on the podcast? Um, Who was screaming at the kids and behaving like just really bad. And um, instead of reacting to him, which even with his mission, he could have, right? Like instead he took him out to coffee. Mm-hmm. And all he did was approach him as a human being with mm-hmm. kindness. Said, "Hey, what's going on?" Yeah. And within, I mean, of course, I'm not going to get the story exactly yeah. right, but within five ten minutes, found out all this story behind what this person was dealing with and how he was carrying that in to how he was handling his coaching. And that yeah. wasn't the person he normally would be or how he wanted to show up. But that's kind of all he had then. Yeah. And the simple act of Bill sitting down and talking with him and showing that kindness and caring helped transform how he sh- he just shifted everything because yeah. he wasn't holding on to everything anymore. Yeah. And I think sometimes in the right situations, we have that opportunity to, to be, whether we actively go at it or sometimes it's almost better not to, but just into those situations with that compassion, um, that can transform it, whether that person you know, unlocks and shares things or not isn't yep. really so important as just that they have that compassion there yes. to be with. Just to be with whatever it is, yeah. you know. And yeah, I think I think that's the biggest thing is that we sometimes just you know, and that's kind of a form of entitlement of, well, I just expect everyone to be this way or, mm-hmm. you know, and we have to also question that, like why we think it should just be so because yeah. of who we are. Yeah. You know, I mean, we're all so special. But sometimes <laughs> we just have to go back that we're just all humans on this ride. And yes. and then also knowing that 
you know, I think it's the, the hard thing is that things are just always bubbling up and it's, it can just be derailed so quickly and just being compassionate to ourselves. We're so hard on ourselves. And the, the reason why we're talking about these pollutants is because what happens inside, and this is a great, we're in that huge social experiment right now with social media. And this is such a great thing about how we're perceiving. I mean, we can see what people are, and this is just one moment in time. Yeah. But we start to give that, that's just their life all the time. Yeah. This perfect, you know, edited, hashtagged world of whatever. And just also knowing that, oh, there's also, you know, all these seconds, there's 1,439 more minutes in the day besides this one minute that they did this, you know? So, yeah, I think it's that ongoing thing of just being gentle and just being noticed, aware and noticing what is right then and there. Yeah. If we, back to that alien thing that we talked about a few podcasts ago and thinking of our kids as aliens. Yes. Who, even if they've seen us do it 10 times, it doesn't necessarily mean they know how to do it. Yeah. Maybe we need to be thinking about our friends and our colleagues. Yes. <laughs> if we Everyone. are communicating in a way that they know what what all these what us expectations, assumptions, yeah. and perceptions we might have, we can't expect anybody else you know to know what. Yeah, when those my are. parents were getting divorced, um, I remember saying a lot like, because everyone's like, what? "Oh my gosh, why are they getting divorced?" And I'm like, "They're just speaking two languages." Yeah. So they both wanted to travel more, but my dad's idea of travel versus my mom's were very different. Yeah. They wanted to do things together, but they they had different ideas of what that was. And all of a sudden, that's that expectation of what they thought it should look like versus what it could be. It just it was like they had two totally different dialects, yes. and they just couldn't even speak about it anymore. Yeah. And so that's another way where it just kind of comes in and you just can't see it. Yeah. So, well, from that heavy note, <laughs> we're excited because we have, um, we're going to have our first interview, woo, which will lead to many more interviews because I know yes. how great our voices are. Yeah. Um, we, <laughs> Kristen knows that I have a full, like, oh my gosh, my voice, um, but I... We're really excited because Kirsten, who really has created that her whole rocket trike business around the tenants of notice more and use everything and let go and let go, is bringing in the man and the myth and the legend that <laughs> really brought her to these ideas. So yeah. you want to talk about him? Yeah. So Rob Poynton, who wrote "Do Improvise." Um, and I've known Rob and his partner at On Your Feet, Gary Hirsch. I was lucky enough to meet them probably 20 years ago. And so much of what they've both taught me has informed so much of everything I've done ever since. And Rob wrote this book. And this was, and he had talked about what he calls EAO, which is Everything's an Offer. Mm -hmm. Um, He had talked about that and and written a whole other book about it, um, which was awesome. But this one is so simple and so clean. And when I read this book, and for those who are watching on the video, you can see, (laughs) Jill can see, it's literally marked up like you wouldn't believe. It was 
so powerful and it just made so much sense in such a simple way. Yeah. And so, yes, this has become what I call the launch pad in rocket trike world. Um, and it just works on so many levels and so many, with so many things. Yeah. And so we're going to explore that with him on our next podcast. I know. I'm excited. Yeah, I am too. We have some homework to do yeah. and we have to figure out which lines and highlights you want to pick out of the 2000. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah there's a lot. Well, so it, we'll probably have to do this one in a couple parts. Talking because... with Rob will be like how we are. Yeah. It's yeah. just so natural. It'll go where it goes. And then the other thing, Rob has written a book called Do Pause, yeah. which just came out not that long ago. And I'm sure we'll talk about that as well. Great. And just the power of a pause yeah and how we're so driven to keep going 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 and yet what those little and sometimes big pauses can do for us in life so we'll probably touch on that too but I don't know we're just gonna wing it and yeah see. But that's, that's what we do yeah. <laughs> we're trying to really do our, what we talk about exactly well thank so, you so much yeah. for joining us again and we feel really lucky oh my gosh so lucky and I think our biggest thing is for the week ahead is just doing what we've been talking about, yes. just noticing and see what comes up and bubbles up for you. And um, if you're interested, you can also, you know, look up Robert Poynton's website and even some of his book. I know he has some great stuff. So yes. if you're like wanting to be ahead and study like little cuties, you can, but <laughs> we'll do, we'll just improvise and do some of that work and yes. we'll come with our plan of no plan Yes, and be ready to go. Have a great week. Thank you. We'll see you soon.